0: What's up everybody welcome back to off the bench i'm brandon carney alongside pat gustafson who has chosen not to show his face and instead project his number four raiders jersey directly to the camera uh, what do you and mean is,
1: number four raiders uh, jersey
0: yeah it's Derek carr don't let this man fool you it's not our new lord and savior aiden o'connor very, very convenient fans
1: very convenient yeah the same it is very number.
0: convenient I wish it was more like easily accessible to be able to change like the names on the back of jerseys, like just to go into a place and be like, "Hey, swap a name on here. Let let's get this done, and you could repurpose stuff." But and it no, because then
1: you wouldn't spend upwards of a hundred dollars on another one. So why in I know, the world would they ever do that?
0: Well, it's like I have a I bought a Cam Newton jersey the one year that he was the Patriots quarterback and whatever. I mean, I got that year's use out of it, but it's like it's the Patriots jersey and it's number one. Like we're going to have number ones forever, but I'm not I just I can't easily replace the the name.
1: So I'm never going to fucking use it again. But whatever. Hey, Is at least cool I have a novelty. Have, like I've got so many old jerseys yeah. from all all these sports. My favorite. I've got a Kevin Boss jersey. Speaking oh, of my random God. tight ends.
0: Holy yeah, shit. That, that's
1: my that's got to be my most vintage uh, my most vintage jersey for sure. At least my coolest God. one. I'd have to look. I don't know what my most
0: like random jersey is. I know I have a Jabba Chamberlain Yankees jersey somewhere.
1: I have a Tyson um, Ross Padres jersey. What is wrong with you? My dad what is went wrong with to you? my dad went to Petco years ago, and he said like they like only had Tyson rosters. I don't know if it was <laughs> National Tyson Ross Night in San Diego, but <laughs> I have it. I still have it. I wear it occasionally.
0: I will say it just took about four seconds in my head for it to click when you said Petco. I was like, "Why are they selling Tyson Ross jerseys at a Petco?" At a Petco. Be, that's a very weird. <laughs> Petco Park, understood. Okay, uh, Pat, how was your Christmas? I mean, we're only a day removed here from the holiday. What did you
1: do? I know. Um, uh, it was it was good. I mean, well, you know, Christmas. What, what what's not to like? Uh, I particularly enjoyed it more from uh, the outcome of one specific football game that we will touch on briefly, or maybe not so briefly in my case. Um, but yeah, how was uh, how was it out there? In uh did you have a white Christmas? Did, did it snow in out in Denver?
0: No, not the day of. It snowed today though. So we've we oh, got snow on the goodness. ground. Yeah, we got snow on the ground right now. It did not snow the day of. It was I, just I don't cold, give a but... shit about
1: white Christmas. I fucking hate the snow. <laughs> I like it
0: visually, but it's it is definitely it's an
1: it's nice place. for the like the ten minutes while it's coming down, and then just the sludge and ice and yeah. risking your life every time you go outside. Part <laughs> is uh is is the part that I don't quite vibe with
0: yeah, no, it's it's not the best. It can be dangerous. But yeah, we, we had a pretty low-key Christmas, Uh, you know, just kind of sat around. We opened our gifts. We uh, I got a coffee machine, so we made some coffee Uh, and uh, just watched sports all day. I mean, we had football on all day, which was a, a nice little change, I guess. And uh, the Nuggets played as well at noon, so they took down the Warriors because we are the superior team in the West. But had a good time. I think the biggest Christmas headline, obviously, is Ravens 49ers. And I mean, we'll talk a little more about that, you know, after we get through some- fantasy stuff but uh that was that game was something it delivered in its own right and uh i mean we're i don't i don't even know what to think of of the playoff picture right now it was a hell of a game
1: shocking it it may not have been the best day of football yesterday but it was intriguing to say the least like all three games were at least interesting or the giants made the uh, made the second one interesting yeah
0: yeah, so we'll we'll run through the playoff picture here after we get through some fantasy stuff and also some uh, interesting weeks for our own personal favorite teams, Pat obviously being the Raiders and me, even though I'm wearing a Texans jersey right now, uh, the Patriots, who just, of course, had to go and win a game and botch our draft position. I, I was there, at least. I got to see the game. Uh, it was cold as fuck. But, you know, uh, of course, we had to kind of mess that one up. But hey, whatever. Uh, also... Oh, Pat, this is one thing I meant to touch on. Uh, how'd you, how are your leagues going that you're still alive in? I know you mentioned last week you got some title games. Oh, thumbs down. Uh, not, not and 2 in, uh,
1: in semifinals. Uh, one, I was a little more upset about because I dropped like 135 and lost. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, I, the, into the Ravens game, I had Lamar, Kittle, and Ayuk. So like, okay. yeah, great. Awesome. They had McCaffrey. So any uh, chance of, uh, they had Mike negation. Evans, they had Zeke, they had, they just, it wasn't for me. And in the other one where I wasn't as good, uh, my buddy, my buddy's fiance, she uh, whooped me and I am afraid I'm going to have to go into witness protection at this point. I'm shocked. I haven't heard <laughs> from her yet. Tim, when you listen to this, uh, please tell her not to bother me. I'm scared.
0: Oh God. Brutal. Yeah. The, the two leagues I am still alive in both on NFL network, uh, NFL fantasy whatever. Ew. yeah I know I hate it I hate it a lot but neither of them are well one of them is my league and somebody just asked me to run it on there I said fuck it I already got another league on there so what's the difference but one of them is the one where I'm just fighting for the number one draft pick next year I did win in that league thanks to Brees Hall dropping fucking 43 Um, so I won in that league I, I'm moving on I think I've already secured like a top two pick for next year but we'll see where that goes and then in the league that I run with some of my viewers uh, I am in the championship so we will see if I can you know kind of redeem myself a little bit and win wins some kind of fantasy championship this year that's a league too where my team's kind of built around but think about this I, so i have mahomes and kelsey stack and austin eckler on this team how did i make it this far like those are not those are big names that have just yeah. been pretty
1: bad most I mean, of the we'll, year we'll talk we'll talk about bust of the year next week but i feel yeah. like those are um three of like the and the nominees are like I, right. I feel like they um they're they'll certainly be in that montage so yeah that is who, who like who who's carried you uh, so
0: I mean, look, I went ten and five in the regular season. Not I've bad. got most, moster, Debo, Puka. Um, so they've done, I guess, a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, David Montgomery, Nico Collins, and then the guys who have done Jeez. a lot lately. Brees Hall has obviously picked it up, and then I've had Brandon Aubrey all year, which has been oh also a big help. So yeah, it's just, it's just it's got just enough. I decided to start Kyler this week to uh, hopefully secure things. Kyler over Mahomes. There they face the Eagles. Mahomes faces the Bengals, and I'm just kind of done done with Mahomes shit to be honest with you. Probably a couple weeks too
1: late. Oh what? No. Oh you're playing you're you're playing our boy FPS Gandhi too. Talk to your shit in the chat there. Oh
0: is it is that? A- it is. Gandhi, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, bro. All right. I got to I got to redeem myself like I said. I need to win at least one fantasy league this year. But that's enough Winner about our least the podcast. Yeah, oh god, no. That, that's enough about oh, wait, our no, 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 I don't know We're... how to do
1: this either, so No. <laughs>
0: fair enough for all you uh, for all you other viewers out there and listeners if you are in your championship congratulations uh yeah. just a, a little programming note this will be our sort of last you know fantasy advice focused show we're not going to dive as much into you know next week uh like matchups and stuff like that because honestly if you're still playing fantasy into week 18 uh you shouldn't be and it's just not a week i have any interest in entertaining as a week that should be fantasy uh relevant because it, yeah. it's not you your your league you know whoever the commissioner is or if you're the commissioner you should make sure that your league is over before week 18 just due to the players that can get benched and all the goofy storylines that end up happening kind of shit yeah and it's like this year you know i haven't looked into the scenarios but i'm sure there's a possibility that some ravens get benched or some 49ers get benched depending what happens here over the next couple weeks even though the 49ers just you know took that l making things a little dicier for them trying to secure the one seed but nonetheless all those things still on the table uh should not be a week that you play in fantasy now, look, we may be nice and toss you a few little nugs here and there about guys we think might be a good play, but that is not going to be the majority of our show next week. The majority of our show next week will be a bit of a fantasy wrap-up sort of show, uh, you know, talking about some MVPs, the biggest butts. We'll, we'll probably make it our fantasy award show. And uh, yeah, you guys can take that in for what it is before we hit our, uh, our whatever stride we're going to hit in the off season. We'll see what that ends up being. But yeah, nobody should be playing fantasy in week 18, and that is what we have to say about that. But yeah, for this week we will be addressing fantasy stuff obviously and heading into next week but pat the biggest takeaway i think from this past week in fantasy i mean i did not think amari cooper would be the headliner of this show that we'd be talking about and definitively (laughs) so
1: i mean what a fucking freak that guy was huh absurd i mean first play like first play of the game i think he was he brought in like a 50 plus yard catch and uh he didn't slow down 265 yards like 265 yards alone would have been a would, would have been a huge game right. changer for fantasy purposes, but the fact that we're, he throws in two touchdowns and eleven catches, like f- 51, 51 fantasy points. That's yeah. that's gotta. I, I'm 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 talking out of my ass, but like I don't remember many wide receiver performances. Um, I
0: believe it may have just been Jamar Chase this year that did that. I think Jamar right. had like 53 or something like that. And there maybe, maybe there was like one more. Touchdowns, yeah. yeah, so Jamar went up. Oh, and the DJ Moore Thursday night game, I think, was probably okay. close to this. Um, but otherwise, yes, this was a top three at the very least. Did, uh, did they have Joe
1: defense. Flacco throwing them the football?
0: <laughs> they, uh, upon review, did not have Joe Flacco throwing them the football.
1: So I'm a bit more impressed by this.
0: Yeah, this this was wild. This was, I mean, I I guess not completely out of nowhere because obviously we've seen this passing game show a lot more signs of life with Joe Flacco under center, but it's just another kind of exclamation to the Joe Flacco story that has emerged here. I mean, this guy is playing out of his mind lately and he's about to take the Browns into the playoffs. Pat, he's got the Browns with a chance to get the number one seed. It's low. It's a very low chance. It's probably not going to happen, but there is a scenario still in play where that could happen. At the very least, they're going to have a a relatively high well I guess not they're going to be a wild card because the
1: Ravens are probably going to win the division but still they're putting themselves in a great position as we head into the playoffs I I will say I think coach of the year is a bit of a wrap and I think it belongs to Kevin Stefanski you know they've they've had four different starting quarterbacks they've won games with Dorian Thompson Robinson with Joe Flacco I don't know if they won any of the PJ Walker games because he's just actually terrible but (laughs) but what they have gone through in terms of quarterbacks alone th- that defense has been huge and i know he's an offensive coach but to keep the unit together the way that he has um is remarkable and we've seen some of the other like slam dunk candidates we've seen their teams start to fail. a little dan campbell shout out is really mm-hmm. the um the other guy I'd put in that but I, I think stefanski's done more with less than I, than yeah. dan campbell
0: i i would agree um at this point i thought dan campbell was a shoe in and honestly it may be it's not. It's obviously not voter fatigue because he hasn't won the award, but it's almost like Dan Campbell's been a front runner for so long that it's like somebody else popping up. You're almost like, ooh, shiny. But no, Stefanski does actually deserve it. The other person I would say is still in contention for it, depending on what happens these next two weeks, would be Shane Steichen with Indianapolis because how the fuck is this Gardner Minshew-led squad potentially going to make the playoffs? They are still, as of right now, in line to make the playoffs as the seventh seed by virtue of several tiebreakers because there's a so lot of teams that are 7 They're about to run into a eight brick and seven, wall
1: next week, though, is, is what we're who, forgetting.
0: Who do the Colts play next week? Oh, oh, the Raiders. They've got the Raiders and the Texans the next two weeks, so... Um, yeah, I mean, look, the Raiders, Pat, the, the fantasy MVP, the true league winner of fantasy leagues this year, if people started them, has been the Raiders defense and special teams Un- without, without question. Jack Jones out there, the Grinch that stole Christmas and stole everyone's fantasy titles away if they were facing the Raiders defense. Yeah, they've been monstrous. But yeah, Shane Steichen would be the only other one, um, as far as like doing a lot with not much, um, in terms of coach of the year candidates. But yeah, Ryan fantasy has been well. great. Yep. They definitely shout out
1: And like, obviously they've still been asked, but shout out Jonathan Gannon. Like that team could have been a yeah. lot worse. And even the games they lose, they've played a lot closer games than we thought. They've played a lot more fight. Obviously he, uh, you know, they, they still were very bad, but better than we thought.
0: Yeah, Gannon's a guy that you have no reservations about, you know, heading into year two with him. Just kind of curious to see what he can do uh, with a you know a full season under his belt and a full off season to maybe build a little bit more of what he wants to build there in Arizona. But yes, Amari Cooper, fifty one and a half fantasy points breaks the Browns' single game receiving record held by none other than Josh Gordon. I am a little sad to see a Josh Gordon record go down, but hey, it is what it is. Massive performance from Amari Cooper and Pat. It feels like Amari Cooper has not been a player all year that's been super consistent. It feels like Amari Cooper is kind of the savior of what will probably be a lot of like auto-drafted teams. Like it's very funny. Like he's he's a guy who carried a lot of teams. If you made the playoffs with Amari Cooper and you won, you probably weren't like a super active owner. That's just kind of the vibe that I get. You were lucky and now you just got super lucky. So yeah, hey, yeah Amari
1: Cooper is one of those guys where like he's good. I don't think anyone's going to argue that, but he's never a guy that you're like super excited to draft. Mm-hmm. Like he's in like a clear like... I don't know, the third tier of wide receivers it seems, and everyone's just kinda like, Oh yeah, Amari Cooper, but you you always go with the younger guy, the guy with more upside. Yeah. But yeah, if you kind of played it safe or auto drafted, you are gonna be uh absolutely thrilled with Amari Cooper. Like you know, who would think he had he had a good week last week too, albeit, you know, nowhere close. But he had a hundred four for a hundred and nine and a touchdown. Solid. Yeah. But <clears throat> pennies on the dollar compared to this week, so uh in the way Joe Flacco's humming, and same thing with David and Joe, who David and Joe who had another solid game with a touchdown. You are absolutely riding the Cleveland Browns. Even Jerome oh Ford, Jerome Ford has been solid. You are starting as many Cleveland Browns as you can this week, which even a few weeks ago I didn't. I do not think anyone think that uh, thought think that we would say that.
0: get Cedric Tillman in your lineups people you heard it here first but no Amari Cooper the face of this week in fantasy football but he was not alone if you were to put together a Mount Rushmore of the fantasy performances this week George Pickens is absolutely number two the problem with George Pickens is he probably wasn't in a lot of people's lineups Cooper is at least a player who's been good enough and especially building off of last week's performance that a lot of people probably did start Pickens is a guy that was resigned to a lot of people's benches this week and uh i am sorry if you had to see his 35.5 points go to waste on your bench four catches for 195 yards and two touchdowns with mason rudolph at the helm yeah. no
1: less you, but the thing is you can't be too mad about that because if you were in the playoffs you, george pickens was deep on your bench like right. there, there's your team had to have been good enough to not even be considering to play him because he has been so disappointing but i mean uh, you know, I got him in a dynasty league, so you know you can look forward to that. But I think it just goes to show that um, we shit on Desmond Ritter a lot here, but Kenny Pickett is worse. Like I, yeah. I think genuinely, Kenny Pickett is probably worse. Like the dude has been miserable, and even with Mason Rudolph, we 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 saw George Pickens, and then obviously Deontay Johnson and his um his relationship with Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know if they're like you know it goes deeper than that, but pittsburgh whether or not they make a head coaching change they absolutely need to make a quarterback change
0: yeah and they're gonna be one that's really interesting to watch because they're not really in a position to draft you know one of the higher touted guys it's gonna be fascinating to see how many of these quarterbacks come draft time actually end up being like top 10 picks or so because obviously the Steelers their record is good enough they're not going to have a top 10 draft pick and how many of these guys you know after Caleb Williams and Drake May who are presumed top two or three picks uh after them how many of the Michael Penixes and Jaden Daniels end up going in that top 10 or will they be available in the teens and the 20s for a team like the Steelers they're hoping so
1: I I think Penix probably will be but there we there's so much it's December we've still got four months left until the draft there this could be a completely different story. But at least right now, you'd think Daniels would panics. Maybe not, but
0: yeah I'm, I'm a bit of a sicko I'm very excited for all of just the uh, the smoke and the storylines that come out about the draft mainly because it fuels so much of my content it's just like what could happen so yeah. I'm, I'm very excited as we head into a draft that is chock full of name brand quarterbacks if nothing else um, but yeah George Pickens like look if you had him on your bench don't feel bad about it I saw like this comment on Reddit and I just need to stay the fuck off Reddit because people are insane but somebody was like oh I, I left him on my bench because that's what all the experts said to do blah 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 I'm like motherfucker Fucker, every logical person on the face of this planet was benching George Pickens this week. Sometimes this shit just happens. Like this is what can happen for any full-time wide receiver oh, yeah. that plays a, a full complement of snaps. Like they can pop off off of a few. Ca- he had four catches. He only caught four balls for 195 yards and two touchdowns. Like that can happen to anybody. Don't feel bad about not seeing the future.
1: Yeah, and, and, that, yeah, and that brings up a, a general thing. Uh, Matthew Berry had a bit of an interaction over the weekend where, like, someone was like, oh, thanks a lot. Like, I started digs, and then this happens. And Matthew Barry just goes, listen, like, he had a 30% target share the last two weeks. He had a great matchup. Gabe Davis has been terrible, but Gabe Davis popped up, popped off. Mm -hmm. Like, that very well could have been Stephon Diggs. But more so, experts should not set your lineup. Right. You should set your lineup. And at the end of the day, it is still you. Obviously, taking as many opinions as you want. But, like, don't harass these people for for because like it's not like these people are pulling shit out of their ass saying like oh this guy's gonna go off this week it's always based in some kind of matchup or you know trends yeah that just yeah that 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 irks me that irks me a lot it's it's your
0: job as a fantasy owner to do enough vetting to choose who you're going to trust and so once you've chosen that you trust that person. Don't get mad at them. And if you decide you no longer trust that person, that's fine. But, like, don't go off at them for a decision that you ultimately made. It's insane. I've had people in the past do that when I would do my, like, morning fantasy football streams. I remember there was a London game and somebody came in while I was streaming and was mad that, like, Jamison Crowder scored a touchdown. And I told them not to start Jamison Crowder. I'm like, I... Buddy, fucking relax. I don't know what to tell you. We cannot see the future. You are the one that ultimately makes the final call. And, yeah, George Pickens is not a final call that I'm sure a lot of people made with him being in their lineup. A lot of people put him on the bench, and it just uh, – it is what it is. I don't, I don't think George Pickens is a must-start player going forward either. Like a- Absolutely could, not. Like, uh, it's, this game is fluky as hell. Yeah, this game was, if you want to say, okay, let's try to ride the momentum of this game, then sure, if you don't have many good options for like a flex spot, but this is not a uh, a must-start player going forward by any means. No. Um, Pat, so those two guys are obviously some massive league winners, if you did have them in your lineup, Amari Cooper and George Pickens. Now, if you'll recall, we did our league winners draft a couple weeks ago. We did sure? we We didn't mention it last week because, you know, it's not something we wanted to keep tabs on every single week, but... I figured let's, let's check in on it again because now we, we both kind of have some calls here that have gone well or not so well. So look, before the fantasy playoff started, Pat and I drafted little squads of players we thought would be league winners. Here are their point totals over the last two weeks just to get a little temp check of how we've done. So my squad... Number one, my number one pick was Devon Achan, and that has just not gone well. The last two weeks he has gone for nine point two and four point one. Uh the Dolphins run game has not been as potent as it as it has been in the past, and when it has been, it's been Raheem Moster doing a little bit more of the lifting. So Devon Achan I apologize if he's been in your lineup because he has not been good. Rasheed Rice, 24.1 and 11.7 over the last two weeks. That one's gone pretty well as he has transitioned into being basically their only good receiver and is finally getting the playing time to match. (laughs) Bichon Robinson. Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, Bijan not single-handedly, but largely it was uh, a big reason I got eliminated, because he went for 0.4 at last two weeks ago, and then 19.2 this week. So look, this week was okay, but yeah, that was a mixed bag from Bijan, obviously. Dak Prescott last two weeks, 6.06 and 18.62, and then Brees Hall, 2.8 and 43.1. So <laughs> look, I, I obviously had the... the the archetype correct about players that have the chance to put up massive numbers because a lot of the guys I picked did so in one week and then did not do so in another week so I mean Brees Hall is one that like if you are in a league with uh two-week playoff matchups like he put up enough points in this one week to make up for the prior but if you're not and you know you had you got eliminated with the two and then you had to watch him drop the 43 that sucks but hey Still uh still still solid performances mostly from the guys I drafted and Pat your guys uh your guys have done a little bit better here over the last at two weeks at least a little more consistent
1: at least I would say
0: Yeah so Okay, Isaiah Pacheco last two weeks ago did not play, um, so that is what it is. But then he went for 10.6 again, not super great, but and then okay. got hurt again. Yeah, it got hurt again. Yeah, so it happens. Uh, Noah Brown 22.2 and 6.8 the last two weeks, so one good game mixed in there. Uh, this past week Nico Collins was back, so I mean the expectations were definitely lowered anyway. Trey McBride 20.2 and 9.1, solid outputs from him both weeks. I mean that that's a tight end, right? So the yes, 20 points I, yes, you're thrilled ma'am. with, and and, and and the nine you'll live with. Uh, Trey McBride I think is gonna be a very popular tight end pick next year in fantasy football justin fields 9.64 and 24.5 so big game and a pretty awful game and then keaton keaton mitchell oof your final pick salute to keaton mitchell 10.8 and then ir uh he went on ir in the game that he scored 10.8 uh rip keaton mitchell hopefully he can get back to uh you know form eventually eventually i'd love to see his speed on full display if he can get healthy but yeah, this is quite a squad we have here, Pat, of our of our attempted league winners. Just
1: just a, a very mixed bag. Like I think we have the right idea a lot of the time. I think it is just absolutely vile that Clyde edwards alaire You know, like maybe we'll maybe we'll draft the actual league winners af- after this, or yeah. have an award for the best league winner. And it's repulsive that I that Clyde edwards alaire is probably going to win a lot of people a championship and not Isaiah Pacheco. But <clears throat> yeah, it's just the. I guess that's what happens when you kind of go for league winners is that you're kind of basing it off of potential and sometimes mm-hmm. they hit their potential and sometimes they don't, you know, you don't pick, you know, you don't pick a consistent guy, like guy who's like, Oh, he's going to score you 13 points both week. Like, no, you right. you want to shoot for the stars with league winners. And I think that's what we did. And, um, definitely I'd say we missed, but you know, we were close, you know, I would say, you know, just a couple of, uh, you know, a little off kilter there, but
0: yeah, I mean, look, these guys could have just as easily gotten you eliminated as they uh, won you a league. So it just depends on what combination of guys you had and uh, who else you had around them. If your lineup was literally made of these guys, you probably just fell in the middle somewhere at some point because it's just such a mixed a combination of performances, like truly awful and then truly great. But yeah, I just figured that would be a fun little thing to check in on there one more time. Pat, we had another round of just massive injuries. And again, just a testament to as we get later in the season there's more mileage on these guys and I think the injuries become unfortunately a little bit more likely obviously the most devastating one of the week TJ Hawkinson torn ACL he is done for the season and this will put the beginning of next year in doubt um look if you've got TJ Hawkinson and you're in your fantasy championship this sucks, obviously. That sucks I hope really bad. Like I hope you have a tight end on your bench. Um, this is the, like once you hit fantasy playoffs, and I maybe I should have mentioned this on a pod, but this is one strategy I like to try to do is like have a backup for every position once you get to that point if you can help it just because you don't need those bench spots for really anything else. like you don't need it for, you know an extra actually like a fifth running back or something like that if but make sure you have a if you can make sure you have a quality option as as a backup for positions like quarterback and tight end do it um if you don't look we've highlighted a couple guys who could maybe be solid fill-ins, but losing TJ Hawkinson sucks. There's no there's no two ways about it. You're not going to get the reliability. You're not going to get the same even ceiling that TJ Hawkinson can provide. Uh, but a couple guys here. Look, Chig Conquo, Gerald Everett, Tucker Craft. Those are my top replacement options. Our boy Chig, I think, finally.
1: Yeah, one of our, look, our biggest of preseason guys, memes. Finally I, catches I, a touchdown in week 16.
0: I know. I believe Chig, the stat was uh, – he's – gone over 60 yards in two of his last four games, which he hadn't really done so at all in the first half of the season. So look, these are all guys that you're kind of riding the wave a little bit. They're coming on a little bit more as the season draws to a close. And each of these guys, conquo, Everett, and Kraft, have all gotten at least six t- at least six targets in each of their last three games. So there's some sort of floor of volume there, right? And you're kind of just hoping that they could turn that into 40 yards and maybe a touchdown. And that, that's get a, yeah, more than that I, I feel
1: like, F- floor is the, the biggest thing for, for tight ends, yeah. especially at this point of the year. Like, I don't think you're going to be looking to replace TJ Hawkinson with Josh Oliver or, or anyone else they have there. But you know, some of those guys that you listed are probably available because they haven't been like so good that, um, you know, like you're not going to find an Isaiah likely chilling on the waiver wire right now. You're, you know, it's going to be more of these kind of gross, sorry, gross, uh, players here, but, but yeah, that's that that's brutal because he's been really consistent. You know for damn sure at the very least the dude's gonna have six catches. And that alone yeah. is a great tight end floor. So yeah, brutal timing. Um hopefully it doesn't uh dip too far into next season, because if not, I mean even with the kind of this tight end renaissance, I still feel like he's gotta be a top five tight end going into next year. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think if you If you had a fully healthy TJ Hawkinson, I mean, you're looking at a top few tight ends of what? Travis Kelsey, Sam Laporta, Mark Andrews, Hawkinson, and then Kittle is probably the top five, Mm -hmm. right? And then you you get into the more upside guys like Trey McBride and... Uh, I mean, I guess I think Dawson Knox is under contract. So like Dalton Kincaid is still going to be a question of if he fully breaks out or if he just kind of keeps doing what we've seen him be doing here. But you've got, you know, Jake Ferguson, you got David Njoku. I think tight end is going to be a lot deeper next year, at least to
1: start the season out and, than it has been in a while. And, and you have guys, too, who, um, you know, Pat's pal, Pat Fryermuth, who I right. still stand by, you know, could be a solid tight end. Oh, it's he's just a very that that, good player the QB play and the QB play on that team has just been so bad as we just talked about. And then, you know, Chigakonkwo and we're, we're forgetting Brock Bowers here. Um, Yeah. You know, who's probably going to be a top 10 pick and also hate to say it, fellow top 10 pick, your boy, Kyle Pitts. Um, I think it's all going to depend on who's the coach there, who's the quarterback there, but I think it is far too soon to kind of, you know, bury his coffin. I think that he, that there's still a, a real chance that we enter next year with him being drafted as a tight end one. Yeah, I
0: mean, honestly, I would expect it at this point for Pitts. Um, he's put together a nice few games here to close out the year. I mean, last couple of weeks, let's see, we're looking at last four weeks, we'll go 51 yards on eight targets, 57 yards on six targets and a touchdown, uh, 37 yards on four targets ain't much, but then 49 yards and another touchdown this past week. Yep. So, you know, the touchdowns are starting to come a little bit for Kyle Pitts, and if this offense can actually get somebody who – I don't know, knows how to throw the fucking ball. That would be great. Uh and yeah, Kyle Pitts' stock will certainly go up. He's it's funny, like this was kind of the buffer year from for me with Pitts where so many people were like, You're gonna draft Kyle Pitts again, blah, blah blah. I'm like, No, I'm not. The situation's the exact same, but now it's like kind of reset and I'm like, I could be in next year, depending I mean, on still, how things go. I we're mean still hey. looking
1: at someone who was you know, at the time the best probably the best tight end prospect ever. And right. You know, there's no indication to say that those skills still aren't there. It seems to be the extenuating circumstances around him. Hopefully we'll find out next year if that's actually the case or not.
0: Yeah, if he gets a quarterback that knows how to throw the damn ball and a coach that actually knows how and is willing to use him, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a complete reshuffling of the deck for Kyle Pitts, and you're just looking at a guy who is super talented. I think the only question mark that would remain for him at that point is just the recovery from the knee injury because – uh, there's a lot of speculation that you know the the surgery and the recovery and the scarring that that occurred because of it has kind of zapped some of his explosiveness, mm. but still, it, there's still a lot of talent there even underneath that. And uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope the best is yet to come for Kyle Pitts, and I do think that's absolutely and I think I think
1: it is. I think it is.
0: I mean, look, it's hard to say that what he's done with Desmond Ritter is the peak of what we're going to see in his career. Like, that would be a pretty depressing reality unless he's just, like, completely injured every season. And that would be depressing in itself. So, yeah, let's hope that Kyle Pitts can put together a a big year here eventually. As much as he's burned me, look, I don't root against players. I'm not a psychopath uh, unless they're facing the Patriots in a given week where we're actually, you know, competitive in a given season. We'll see if that ever happens again. But back to the point here. Uh, Yes, those are your tight end replacements for TJ Hawkinson. And those are all Also your tight end replacements if you are a Cole Komet owner in your fantasy championship. Now, Cole Komet Pat, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the nature of this injury is not fully disclosed yet. I mean it's it is a knee injury, uh, but we do not have the clarity that we have with Hawkinson. I was gonna say it doesn't
1: seem like with Hawkinson it always seemed like there was the possibility like it could be something as bad as an ACL that what it was. doesn't seem like it's that's really on the table here for Cole Komet, but yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough uh, that's another tough one because I mean, he had over 100 yards in the first half uh, of that, of that game which alone right there then and there that's a great game for a tight end right there. And he's another guy that we've seen. He did kind of the same thing at the end of the year last year where he played really well. Like this is this is someone who's clearly showed some potential. Again, we'll see who's playing quarterback there next year. Um mm-hmm. but it did allow me to to learn that Mercedes Lewis is on the Bears. Um How the he fuck sure is
0: he sure one, is
1: the one Aaron Rodgers first round skill position player in his entire career as a Packer. That, that'll always be a great, uh, oh. he'll always be a trivia answer.
0: That is so funny. Yeah, he's uh, he's there alongside another Aaron Rodgers pal, Robert Tunyon, uh, as far as Bears tight end depth. So um, I just look, learned if, that now.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: look, if the Bears end up being without Cole Komet, uh, it's similar to the Viking situation where your fantasy team is not replacing this player in house. So you're like, you are not going to a Bears tight end to try and replace Cole Komet. Uh, Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis are not it. Do yourself a favor and go after the the or the Everett's or the tucker crafts of the world instead because that is just that is just not the move um yeah cole cometa guy you're right pat who's come on here at the end of the year just kind of like he did last year i think he's just a super talented player and again if he can get consistently good qb play i don't think justin fields is bad necessarily but if he can get a really high volume passer here maybe if, if the Bears do go another direction at quarterback he could be a guy we're talking about as possibly a top five tight end finisher next year he won't be drafted that way no matter what happens but I could see him finishing there if things uh bounce the right way and yes the latest update on Cole Komet from Matt Eberflus is we will see where that goes in terms of his movement he had basically no update on the knee injury as of today so have to keep it locked certainly for that not one.
1: optimistic though
0: Yeah, it doesn't sound great. So uh, i certainly be evaluating your options. Pat, this is one of your boys, Isaiah Pacheco. We touched on it earlier. Left the game with a concussion. So... Obviously, this is just like, I'm about to say, this is just like every other concussion we've had this year. All concussions are the same. They're no different. No, you have to approach this the same way you have with any other concussed player uh, all season, where it is completely wait and see. Players recover from this faster and slower than others all the time. Uh, generally, it seems like a, a safe ish bet that players miss a week if they yeah. suffer a concussion. Yeah. So you're certainly thinking about what your options are if you are a Pacheco owner. Jarek McKinnon is on IR, so he is not an option anymore. And uh yeah it is it is CEH time Clyde edwards alaire I I hate that he's going to end up being one of the biggest league winners in fantasy football this year it's it's painful.
1: And yeah because you know we talked about like earlier in the year a little bit even leading into the year we're like oh Pacheco this Pacheco that CEH is bad and I mean granted CEH has looked pretty good. Um at least 2 weeks ago he had a great receiving week that uh made him one of the you know top performers of the week but yeah, that's disgusting, and obviously one of the reasons I picked Pacheco as one of my league winners was the schedule, uh, the Bengals, who I believe are 19th, I think. I, I looked earlier today. Don't know why I didn't write it down. 19th uh, against running back, so
0: mm. pretty
1: good. A uh, favorable matchup uh, at the very least, but um, you know what? You know what's funny about Clyde Edwards-Alaire? I, I'm, I'm going to age myself here. Uh, I don't know if we have any Prince fans listener, listening, but uh, <laughs> Prince has the song Raspberry Beret, and every time I, I – like. I hear Clyde Edward, it's lair's name. I always think of it like that. The Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Like uh, oh the, God. Uh, uh, every time <laughs> for years now,
0: for years. I've never even heard that song before, but I understand the sentiment that you're going. So if we've here, got any old timers
1: listening, if any of you are over the age of 15, uh, <laughs> whoops, no, no, that's not. We, we love you guys. Um, If there's any old timers that I still don't know if we have any, any old timers, any Prince fans, shout out. Anyone in the chat right now. Shout out, but yeah, yeah. That, that's just a, a funny uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire thing, but uh, absolutely disgusting. And he's going to be a third do- three-down back as well. <sighs> he, he was out there on the third downs uh, this past week when Pacheco was in the game or not. He was in there on third downs, so there's a real chance he's a three-down back going into the fantasy championship with a favorable matchup. Uh, it's it's uh, going to yeah. happen. It's, it's just going to happen. I was gonna say,
0: I'm curious who the other random name is that they have on their depth chart because obviously they're not gonna head into this game with one running. Is back Is it still LeMichael P. Ryan? Uh, it's LeMichael P. Ryan. Oh yeah. dear. Um, I don't. Know. I wonder if the Chiefs have anybody else on their like practice. You know, it's it's really just it could not possibly be less important. Um, but yeah, one so one maybe P. Ryan might be out there
1: a little bit on third downs, but yeah, this is gonna not... be the
0: CEH Show. Yeah, there's. I'm not seeing uh, anybody. I can't find the practice squad. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It was just for my own curiosity. But yes, CEH, if you own him, uh, he is definitely a guy you can plug into your lineup, assuming Pacheco misses the game. If you are a Pacheco owner without CEH, uh, good luck, I guess. You could possibly pick up one of these other guys that we're about to touch on. Uh, we got a few more running back injuries here who there are, you know, replacement options that could be viable for you. Next one we've got on here, Pat, is Brian Robinson with that hamstring injury. So obviously, in our pod early last week, It seemed like Brian Robinson had a chance to be on track to return, but look, we record this pod on Tuesday. There's a lot of days of practice left to occur after that, and things develop, and Brian Robinson did not return to practice last week. So that naturally led to him not playing, and the backfield was left up to Chris Rodriguez and Antonio Gibson. And Chris Rodriguez had a little bit of a breakout game. Now, this was a guy... This was a guy who was on radars, you know, before the season as somebody who could earn a role because there was a decent amount of uncertainty in this commander's backfield. We knew that nobody was really a standout player from a talent perspective, at least not that we had seen. And then Brian Robinson popped off and, you know, relegated Rodriguez to third string duties. But now Chris Rodriguez, considering he's only with him only having Antonio Gibson as competition, was able to have a very nice day and kind of emerge, I think, and show people that he's probably just the better player to Antonio Gibson. He ended up with 10 carries for 58 yards and two touchdowns to Gibson's nine for 30 and one touchdown.
1: Or at the very least, a better runner than Antonio Gibson. You no, know, Antonio Gibson mm-hmm. is probably a better pass catcher, but if Chris Rodriguez is out as well, like, I mean, if you're desperate, yeah, you've got to start Antonio Gibson as, like, the only clear guy to get touches there, but he is just not very good at this point in his career at least as a runner but at that point you're just hoping that Washington's really bad and maybe they'll have to throw it a good amount and he can kind of make his money catching the ball but but yeah and I'm not even like super thrilled about Chris Rodriguez cuz like this team has just been so bad like they they they, they yeah. they've just they've just been really bad they made it uh made it interesting but um yeah this is another case where like I would stay away. No, I would stay away if you can, but I feel like in a lot of times you may not be able to. Yeah. Some people may not have that luxury. Um, here's the thing.
0: If, All everything was normal. I would say let's go. Let's let's assume Brian Robinson's out. I would go with Chris Rodriguez over Antonio Gibson. But we've got another fun little wrinkle to this. As Chris Rodriguez was spotted with a walking boot on after the game, and is actually set to have a have an MRI. So we do not know what the health status is of Chris Rodriguez, and if this could just be the Antonio Gibson show. This is another team where I Pat. Do we know who the fuck else would be next in line for touches? Samuel. (laughs) Ah, you know that's probably. Oh, okay. Just, according to the ESPN depth chart, Pat, we've got a uh, Derek Gore. Can I get a Derek Gore on aisle one?
1: Oh, <laughs> so didn't hey. he like pop off one week for the Chiefs like two years ago? Yes, yes I believe because I did. remember being. I was a Damian Williams owner at that point because that was when CEH was hurt. And I was a Damian Williams owner. It was a Monday night game and Derek Gore had like all the touches. And I remember just being furious. Oh, no, it wasn't Damian Williams. It was Daryl Williams even just to even uh, uh, to, to, date, to date things a little yeah. more. but Yeah, it, I just, oh, God, I didn't know he was still in the league. And then I remember he pulled like a Jonas Gray and just never like got a touch again in Kansas City after just for some reason being the lead back that one week. That is yeah, that's a well, blast it's, from the past that I did not want to remember. I remember that vividly. They played the Giants. I oh, do I, not know yeah. how I
0: remember that this clairvoyantly. No, I do too because and look this was only 2 years ago and I, I have the stat lineup he his Jonas Gray moment was definitely a lot less Jonas Gray because it was 11 carries for 48 yards and a touchdown. Truthfully the touchdown is what saved the day but it, that did result in well, at least in from a touches enough, perspective. Yeah, definitely resulted in a good enough performance. He had another game against the Raiders later that year 9 for 66 and a touchdown. I don't know exactly what the circumstances were there. Um but look this the Derek Gore performance was in my era even just a couple years ago where I thought every running back that popped up due to depth issues was going to be gold. I thought I was a genius for going after the guy that was just like became the de facto starter it's like yeah. Derek Gore is gonna go crazy he's gonna go for 200 yards but uh thankfully I've grown a little bit since then you know that was one of the years that I won a championship though so maybe I need to get back to that uh yes Derek Gore had a big game there I don't expect Derek Gore to have a big game here but look that it would God, be a very funny not. moment it would be a very funny moment to come back to if we've got Derek Gore scoring touchdowns for the commanders this week look if, if Chris Rodriguez and Brian Robinson are both out unironically Derek Gore will get a few touches <laughs> but oh, he should not be absolutely he should not be in fantasy lineups uh it's a fun anytime touchdown bet if nothing else if literally any sports book out there offers that i have no idea if they will they may just ignore the existence of Derek gore which is probably what you should do as well so again monitor brian robinson's health um we still got some practices to go. Maybe he could end up coming back this week. If he doesn't, let's go with Chris Rodriguez. But he might not be healthy. It's it's a mess in this commander's backfield. If you have other options, go that direction for sure. Um, another running back option that you could have is Zamir White. Now, after the past two weeks, he's certainly likely to be available in much fewer leagues. But if he's still out there, yes, go get him. Josh Jacobs. I don't Jacobs. even
1: think he should have been available unless you kind of prematurely dropped him because it looked like... Yeah. Jacobs was trending to play before the Saturday illness popped up. Like maybe mm-hmm. that's the only reason Zamir White's out there in in some leagues, but I mean, I think an, a thing that is being missed in this Raiders game yesterday was after the first quarter, they did not complete a pass. yeah Um so it was the yeah. Zamir White show and Zamir White, I don't even want to say he carried them to victory because like it was the defense, but right. he was the Jack lone Jones. right spot. And yeah, that's two weeks in a row. You know, we were kind of even going into the season, we were like, "Ah, oh, Zamir White's nothing, this and that." But two weeks in a row, he's shown he's a competent running back. I mean, Josh Jacobs is still Josh Jacobs, but um, it seems like they have another good, possi- you know, decent, uh, decent uh, contributor there in Las Vegas. But, but again, I, but again, you start him if Josh Jacobs doesn't play. But it seems like he's going to. It seems like he's going to because it Trending seems like now life. the illness is the thing. But for whatever reason, if something happens again, I think Zamir White is close to a must-start with how bad um, the Oak- uh, Oakland, Jesus, the Las Vegas passing Oakland. game is.
0: So bad they reverted back to Oakland. Yeah, yeah so, so bad look.
1: been blown into Oakland. <laughs>
0: Zamir Z- Z- White is a guy that I've always been interested in because once, one metric I always look at just to kind of gauge a player's ceiling is their relative athletic score, the RAS score. And you can look this up for any player. And it's kind of just like it's a decent indicator of if a player has like breakout potential and it's it's not an exact science I, I remember mentioning it on a podcast way back but like Trent Richardson's RAS score was like 9.8 <laughs> out of 10 so like Amazing. he was crazy but it's it's just a good look into players that you may not know much about it's like all right is this guy somebody with a ton of athleticism or is this a guy that's just you know going to be in a volume role and you hope that he can take some of these touches and he's not necessarily much stronger or faster than anybody else so Zamir White is another guy who his score it was like also like a 9.8 so he's a very high Ceiling player, so I've liked him. I've just kind of been waiting to see if he can get some touches here, and it's been fun to see him get these. So, not sure if he'll get another week of these touches. Uh, if he does, yes, he should absolutely be in your lineups. Pat, a couple of injuries that uh, are guys that didn't play even last week. Jamar Chase still nursing that shoulder injury, maybe out again. Honestly, the lesson here is just to fire up T Higgins. Obviously, it's a slight boost for guys like Andre Yoshivash. I think I got that pronunciation right. Hell yeah, and, right. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I guess. Yeah, Trent and Irwin, um, you know, those guys will see a few more looks, but it's going to be hard to feel good about any of them in your lineup unless it's a super deep league. Uh, But T. Higgins popping off and, I mean, shouldn't expect anything less if Jamar Chase misses another game. And then we've got Keenan Allen with a heel injury. Still don't know if he is going to return, and Josh Palmer is the main beneficiary. But look, this is an Easton Stick-led offense. Uh, Josh Palmer last week led the team with, I believe, like 56 receiving yards. So understand that that is the limited sort of... Not limited ceiling because I mean he did have a he had a pretty high ceiling in that game against the Raiders that they got blown out but yeah. it's just a, it's a lower upside play for sure for any yeah, target you can, receiver. Yeah, you could definitely
1: leaders. do worse than Josh Palmer, but you can hopefully if you're in the championship, hopefully you can do better.
0: Yeah, I, waivers are are barren. Um, if Josh Palmer's out there, then sure go grab him. But like otherwise, you know he's he's just not a super exciting play at this point in the season. And we've got some new injuries though uh, from this week as well. Jalen Waddle. Potential high ankle sprain. I don't believe it's been confirmed yet, but Mike McDaniel said that this was what they were believing it was yep. for Jalen Waddell. Look, Waddle has been banged up absolutely all season. Uh, He's still managed to put up some solid games here Seems and there. Seems like but he
1: leaves the field every game. It does. And comes I, I back, get the, except did get come the back this past week.
0: Yeah, I get the little like fantasy life notification every Sunday, I think. Jalen Waddell headed to Blue Injury 10. I'm like, motherfucker needs to just build a house in there. Um the thing with Dolphins receivers, and we talked about this when Tyreek was questionable and did end up missing a game, uh, there's just no clear beneficiary on this it's, the beneficiary is the other starting receiver as exactly. long as they're not both hurt.
1: We could see an Amari Cooper-esque game from Tyreek Hill this yeah, week. Yeah, we could. To be completely honest, I mean, we've seen games close to it with Jalen Waddle, and then like like you said, we saw Jalen Waddle have a huge week, last, twenty plus points, I believe, last week when Tyreek was out, and Tyreek's the better player. So, yeah, you don't don't even consider like there's no one even on the on the Dolphins worthy of mentioning their name. It is just yeah. If you have Tyreek Hill, you you probably are in the championship game, and by God, he's going to do what he's done all year, and he's going to carry you. Yeah,
0: the the only other player that I will offer up here, and this if is you if you say your Chase league... Claypool,
1: I'll no, put no, 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 my no, fist through my, no, I'm not.
0: I'm not. It's some if your league is somehow so barren at the tight end position, Durham Smythe is an okay dart, okay dart, not a great dart, definitely below the other guys we mentioned earlier. But I'm just gun- saying, gun he's to my okay. head,
1: and I have to pick another Dolphin. Yeah, I would probably say yeah. Durham Smythe, but.
0: It's, no, yeah. it's disgusting. It's absolutely gross. But it's like if the best tight end available in your league is like, you know, no shade to my own team, but it like Mike Gesicki or something like yeah, that. Like, you, go with Derfs. If volume you're a like sixteen teamer there.
1: and had T.J. Hawkinson or Cole Kmet, then maybe. But.
0: Right, exactly, yeah. Smythe had uh, five catches for 56 yards on five targets this past week. It's the only reason I bring it up. So, yeah, it's still, you're not going to be excited about that. Another injury we had, Jordan Addison suffered an ankle injury. Seems like he is going to be week to week. And, uh, you know, with him and TJ Hawkinson both down, you talk about the big week potentially for Tyree Kill. Big week for Justin Jefferson as well coming up. But somebody else is going to be catching the ball here. This just revives K.J. Osborne for another one of his decent floor type of weeks that he could have.
1: Yeah, I, I like in comparison, I like Osborne a lot better than Josh Palmer, for example, because I mean, that's a lot sure. of targets that Hawkinson and Addison take up that granted Jefferson will, you know, be the prime benefactor. But I, I do think that KJ Osborne is a far more viable flex play dart throw than Josh Palmer or God forbid Durham Smythe.
0: Yeah, and this will be an interesting week for the Vikings as well because they said Ke- Kevin O'Connell said they are considering all options at quarterback, and maybe this is the excessive optimist in me. I think this means we're going to get a change to Jaron Hall, and I, I don't yeah. know that that's going to happen, and I don't know for a fact that it's going to be an upgrade. We've only seen him for a brief quarter where he looked pretty good, but I don't think it's going to be worse than Nick Mullins. That that's my hot take. So. I think we could get a decent performance here from uh, a guy like KJ Osborne because Jaron Hall should hopefully prop up that pass game just a little bit from what we've seen yeah. uh, lately with Nick Mullins. Because, man, Nick Mullins just looks fucking confused. It's just, the, right
1: yeah, the, Nick Mullins has got to be one of the worst decision makers we've seen on the field this year. That's, that's the thing. Like, he'll throw for a good amount of yards. He can make a good play. But, like, there's just a lot of, a lot of just shocking throws that went, whether they went for an interception or not, that were just baffling.
0: His face is also just goofy and makes me mad, so get him (laughs) out of the lineup. I'm sick of it. All right, and then another injury we had here, Cortland Sutton also dealing with a concussion, so we don't know what his availability is going to look like. Look, this is one where the one-to-one replacement is not necessarily who you'd expect. I'm sure a lot of people want this to be a Marvin Mims explosion or at least a bump in playing time. That's not what happened in the game against the Patriots. Brandon Johnson basically took Sutton snaps one for one, got a decent chunk of targets too. And uh, Pat, I watched this man drop a ball basically right in front of my face. Brandon Johnson's not very good. Uh, so if you're looking for purely a volume dart throw... I guess, I mean, I, but no, you can do better than Brandon Johnson because he is the main beneficiary. Nobody else is really getting a bump from the Portland Sun being out.
1: You're not even liking Jerry Judy
0: at all here. I, I, just, I just, I just don't like Jerry Judy. How about the, that? The only, the, only <laughs>
1: bronco, the only Bronco that I think you're going to be a, 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 at least any bit enthusiastic about starting is Javante Williams. I believe what that's two weeks in a row now he's found the end zone, so you know, I mean, I guess Russ, but even even that one is, is more of a borderline startable guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, Cortland Sutton went out of that game fairly early, and this was... Oh, God. Oh, yeah, this I got the, the
1: box score up, too. This, this is heinous. the distribution.
0: Everyone just had five or four targets, and everyone just had between 20 and 63 yards, and it's disgusting. It, you've got names in here, especially Lucas Krull. That's not a real person. Lucas is yeah, not a real person. There were few guys this week
1: that caught touchdowns that in the moment I'm like, I actually don't know who that is. Some, they, some, some, what was it, like Jason Brownlee on the Jets as well? I, I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? I,
0: I actually do know who Jason Brownlee is because he had a lot of preseason hype. Everyone kind of knew he wasn't going to get any playing time once the season started, but mm-hmm. he was, like, popping off in preseason games. So I did know who that was. Pat, Lucas Krull... Had it what he scored in this game, right? Yes, I'm he did. Forgetting so Lucas Crawl had a touchdown. When I was sitting in the stands for that game, the Browns announced two tight ends as starters. Neither one was Lucas Crawl. Lucas- so, if, that, if that's not a, a good indication of just how gross the receiving and tight end room is without Cortland Sutton, even with Cortland Sutton, who was the second um, one? Chris Who's- Manhurts.
1: God Chris hurts
0: They announced Chris Manhurts first, and I was confused because they were I was like, What happened to this? Like, I know Greg Dulcich is hurt. I was like, What happened? And then they said Adam Troutman. I was like, Oh, okay. They ended up announcing like twelve or thirteen players as starters, which I'm like, that's not how starting works, but whatever they want to do to give guys some shine. Yeah, Chris Manhurts and Adam Troutman were announced as the uh, I suppose the, the twelve personnel starters, but uh, no no sign of Lucas Crawl until he ended up finding the fucking end zone. So yeah. Yeah, start a start a Bronco at your own peril if you want with Cortland Sutton being out, but there's zero slam dunk plays here. Um, but Pat, I th- I think that takes care of our injuries. Uh, there was only sixty five of them, so what sorry you guys. What to... a miserable year
1: for injuries, man! Just, just, just horrible.
0: It, it is bad. I'm I'm looking forward to, I mean, I guess next year. But we just know there's going to be more injuries to different players next year. But I I'm looking forward to the reset and optimism that we can have over you know mostly fully healthy rosters as we head into next year but that'll do it for kind of the fantasy uh analysis that we've got here right now until we get to our viewer questions where we'll have a little bit more but i did want to touch on and talk about the playoff scenarios now because look this ravens niners game we'll talk about that first had A lot of implications for how people view, I think, the Super Bowl favorites coming into uh, these last few weeks. And, Pat, I'll just ask you this. What is your initial reaction to how that game played out and how you view the Ravens and Niners now going forward?
1: Um, I I don't think it's more so even of a – like a playoff implications. I think my reaction is that Lamar Jackson is the MVP uh, of this league. You know, we've seen candidate after candidate pop up and – Absolutely step on their own dicks, um whether it be P- Brock Purdy, I-, I personally didn't take the Brock purdy um hype seriously, you know a no, lot of people are did I, I I forgot somebody I saw somebody call him like someone ridiculous, like compare him to someone ridiculous, and I'm just like, okay, like come on, but he you you understand in the San Francisco system, most quarterbacks are gonna are gonna succeed in that system you know we it was Dak Prescott at one point and we he's had a couple down games i feel like i just i i would be surprised if they give it to Tyreek Hill or Christian McCaffrey even though we've talked about it all season them being very viable candidates it seems like if this is going to be a quarterback award then it seems like it's Lamar Jackson
0: yeah, if it's a quarterback award, I I think you're probably right. I mean, look, statistically, Dak Prescott is still right there, but it's going to be hard to give the MVP to a quarterback of a wildcard team, which is looking like still what the Cowboys may end up being as they Especially hand the division if the Ravens back to the, the one Eagles. Seed. Yeah, I I'm, I just I hesitate to feel comfortable giving MVP to Lamar because like it, I know stats aren't everything obviously but it's just been such an underwhelming season for him statistically especially compared to his last MVP season. It, no quarterback has statistically been all that great this year and that's been yeah. a theme all year. They the ones that even start to seem like they're emerging like you said they kind of fall back down to earth. Maybe that'll happen to Lamar this week and that and that would, you know, make the conversation even more difficult. But to me I feel like it should be Christian McCaffrey that gets the MVP. Uh, I feel even stronger about that now. If you check the the sports books, I checked FanDuel earlier, and McCaffrey is actually second now in odds. I believe it's Lamar is like minus one seventy, and then McCaffrey is like plus four sixty. So I mean, Lamar is heavily favored still because of it being a quarterback award. But yeah, yeah. I just don't. The numbers just aren't there. Like Lamar oh, is
1: it certainly he's been a steady comparison. presence.
0: Yeah, he, he's, Lamar's been a steady presence. He's captained that, that team very well. But like the Ravens are this elite of a team also because their defense has been so good. And it's like not to take anything away from Lamar, but it's like MVP is something that rewards crazy statistics and you having a monumental year. And I just don't, I think the team is having a monumental year and Lamar's doing a damn good job captaining that ship. It just doesn't feel like an MVP campaign to me. I, I would rather give it to McCaffrey.
1: But, and and, 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 that, know, and that's completely fair, but I think another thing that we saw a few, like Rich Eisen, threw a um, a subtle jab about this. That, um, but a lot of those teams that were colluding with the Ravens to not sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet in the off season oh my are probably not very happy at all because, um, you know, I remember we got a viewer question at the time. This was in the infancy of the uh, Pat and Bran off the bench, but yep. and I remember giving like a very timid yes that I thought it was collusion, but just the thing about the NFL and how the owners, you know, how a lot of the owners are like, you know, it has to be like, why would the Falcons or the Raiders or the Panthers or any team like that, that, you know, could have had a shot at Lamar Jackson without giving up assets at least, Mm. or at least force the raven, you know, force the Ravens hand into saying, yeah, we're going to, we're going to sign him Now you got to match it. Um, Probably feeling awfully silly right now.
0: It's just, and it, even in hindsight, is so much worse, especially for the Falcons, because I remember them being the team that it was like heavily publicized. We are not pursuing Lamar Jackson, and everyone was like, why? Like, your team is built built to compete outside of the quarterback position, and it kind of just left us to be like, all right, well, I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe they think Ritter's that good, or he's going to take a step. No, it's even goofier by 10x, in hindsight that they did not at least try to get Lamar Jackson away from the Ravens. So, yes, look, just cuz I don't think he's going to be the MVP does not mean I don't believe he's not one of the best quarterbacks in football. He absolutely is and could easily steer the Ravens to another Super Bowl championship. They may have to go through Joe Flacco to do it. That'd be that'd be a hell of a a storyline. But uh could yeah, be. I that game um it was definitely a I guess reality check or a come back down to earth moment for the Niners. Cause it's like, we haven't seen the Niners really face much adversity since that three game losing streak they had uh, early on in the year. And it was like, okay, they figured it out. You know, they've got all these skilled players. They have an elite defense. Like they're not, they can't get manhandled. They don't have the roster that makes that possible. And then you look and now you kind of get reminded that Brock Purdy is a good quarterback but what happens when he faces a team with also a very good defense, you know, not as good of skill players, but still good skill players and an elite quarterback? Because that's what Lamar Jackson is. And now you wonder just how, if this were the rematch that we got in the Super Bowl, what adjustments are the 49ers going to make so that that weakness doesn't get exploited as much yeah. as it did? And a lot of it's on Brock Purdy. He said he has to improve. And uh, I'm I'm very interested to see what kind of developments and steps forward he takes as we get into the playoffs here.
1: Yeah, and I mean we've seen the the forty nine ers scuffle. They like we said they they lost three games to what like the Bengals, the Browns, and the Vikings. I think so teams that they probably should have beaten. That those weren't nearly as much on Purdy as this one is. But we've seen them bounce back. You know they looked like the surefire best team in football until last night. Yeah. So we've seen them bounce back before, and who's to say they won't just do it again and still make a run at the Super Bowl? But for being as good of a team as they are that's a pretty glaring weakness like teams that are that good should not have that important that important of a weakness
0: yeah, I really do hope we get this as the rematch in the Super Bowl. And I mean, look, the, the conspiracy about the Super Bowl logo says that we might, where the colors of the logo apparently represent who's going to be in it. There People we have go. been saying all year Niners Ravens because it's got a little red on one side, a little purple on another side. Um, And, and I just, I would be so interested to see what the mo- next move is in that chess match because Mina Kimes pointed out on Twitter that. The uh the Niners are the biggest yak team yards after catch in the NFL, which that should come as a surprise to literally no one. But the Ravens are the best team at limiting yards after the catch, and they made it very clear they were able to just make tackles that no other team has been able to. They can't, they can't the Niners could not get a lot of those screen passes and short passes off the ground, and they just got stopped at the line of scrimmage, and yep. that was that. And then the Ravens did the rest. So um i i would be very very excited to see that rematch in the super bowl because i do think the niners will come with some kind of counterpunch it's just a matter of what that counterpunch will be and can both of these teams take care of business in their respective conferences but look there are going to be roadblocks in each of these conferences and as we get closer to the playoffs i think we can start start a little bit to evaluate what like who these playoff teams are going to be and how strong they're looking one thing i'll say about the nfc is the Cowboys and Eagles are both kind of trending down right now. Neither team is really firing on all cylinders, and it's making me very curious to see how their first-round games end up going, assuming neither one ends up with Especially the first-round
1: Especially since Tampa has started to look really solid yes. the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to say really good. I'm going to say really solid. Like It doesn't seem like it's going to be the kind of pushover game that we have sort of been hyping up these last few yeah. weeks, but... Yeah, the Eagles got really lucky to get away one to get away with what they did there. I mean, it it got them taking Tommy Schitt's pants out of the game for the Giants to um the Giants to get back in that, but they had no business. They had no business being in that game. The Eagles are just like a complacent football team, it feels like right now. Like they're not a bad football team by any stretch, but it just seems like they're just kinda on cruise control and you face a good team in the playoffs, possibly in the first round, that's not gonna be enough. That's not gonna be enough. especially to make the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, I, I just don't think that's going to be it.
0: Yeah, they they haven't shown any signs of, like, this can be the best team in the NFC, which is what we thought they had the chance to be, or honestly were already favored to be coming into this year. Uh, they got walloped by the Niners a few weeks ago, and now they are just failing to make any kind of statement against good or bad teams lately. So, yeah, I, I think... Look, as of right now, it would be Bucks versus Cowboys, I guess, in Tampa. Uh, I think, personally, Bucks eagles would be a lot more fascinating of a matchup because with the Eagles uh, struggling in their secondary so much, having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and gunslinger Baker Mayfield able to attack yeah. that weakness would be super interesting. But either way, the Bucks are very much trending the right way at the right time. So I, I'm curious to see what that matchup ends up being. Because, yeah, the Cowboys and Eagles both faltering. The Cowboys have now lost back-to-back games, well, granted to good teams. But, like, you're supposed to be on their level, if not above their level. So why are they losing both these games mm-hmm. to the Bills and the Dolphins? Like, you're going to face good teams in the playoffs. Do you have what it takes to beat, what, four straight to, to win the Super Bowl? Like, it doesn't seem that way right now. Um, Cowboys and Eagles both trending poorly and then in the afc pat the chiefs i mean let's let's nope. talk about it let's talk about the chiefs facing your raiders uh what what the fuck did you make of that game
1: well the, the i made of that game is that the chiefs just shot themselves in the foot because they don't make those two mistakes then mm. they win that game comfortably there were that, that yeah. raiders offense out you know in the passing game, like i said they didn't complete a pass after the first quarter of a football game they won and the Chiefs honestly got a little lucky because they had that um, uh, interception overturned. And, you know, the Raiders mm-hmm. had another pick of Mahomes, which would have set them up again with solid field position, that got overturned. And it was it was close. I mean, like, fuck if I know what a catch you know, fuck if I know nice. what a catch is. Even even just like uh, I felt like Tony Romo watching the replay where I was just like, Ooh, Ooh, I just making a bunch of know. noises like. Yeah, but they got lucky there, but they shot themselves in the foot and. um Fun fact, if the Raiders win the next two games and the Chiefs lose the next two games, the AFC West champion is the Raiders. Um, Do I think that is going to happen? No. I don't even think it's going to come that close to happen. Raiders got to go at the Colts. Home against Denver. Should get, you know, you'd think they could beat Denver at home. And I think the Chiefs have the Bengals and the Chargers, so. They do. But, you know, I was saying, you know, in that moment right after that game, I'm saying to myself, like, God, like if only they could have beaten Pittsburgh when McDaniels had that just absolutely hilarious field goal attempt there down eight. And, you know, they like lay an egg against the Bears. It's like, had they only did that. They'd be in the playoff hunt. But then after the game, I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm just like, God, thank God they didn't win some of those games because this is still not a playoff team. This is still not a playoff team. Um, And they would get their doors blown off uh, regardless, you know, had they made the playoffs. So a little relieved, but the biggest takeaway Mark Davis, you made your mistake once. You absolutely have to hire Antonio Pierce. You absolutely have to hire Antonio Pierce. Because one, you don't have to tear it down. If you go out again, you're going to have to tear it down. Those GM and the coach are going to want to bring in their own players. You can keep a lot of the. Look how good that defense has been with him and Patrick Graham under the helm the last half of the season. And keep GM as well. Keep as much in place as you possibly can from this team but the fight they've shown and especially their, their defense has been fantastic like i understood it with our boy uncle rich Basaccia why they kind of moved on you know 61 years old never been a head coach before I, I get that there's no excuse there is no excuse antonio pierce is the man to help lead this franchise out of proverbial purgatory
0: let let me let me pose this question to you because I don't I don't know if this will uh, come to pass. But say you get to a point where they can interview Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald of the Ravens, you'd rather keep Antonio
1: Pierce yep. than go for yes. one of these guys. Okay. Yes, I would. Um, okay. Even you know even though we're looking at two really good you know head coaches, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin could very well be on the market. You know I think Sean McDermott probably saved his ass and will probably keep his job there three and Oh, by the way, since he said he worshiped Al Qaeda. So tell, you know, take notes <laughs> NFL coaches. Um, oh no. <laughs> but even with those two guys on the market, I think Antonio Pierce is, is the right way to go for this team. He's young. He can be there for a long time. And more importantly, just you don't want to have to tear down this roster for the third time in what eight, six, seven years. That's mm-hmm. the bigger thing for me continuity. And I think you've got, Maybe you know, if not the right guy, at least a good guy, a good option here. And I just don't think Mark Davis is going to make the same mistake twice. Because they'll hire someone stupid for the name. They'll hire um. God, I don't know. Doug Marone is he still coach? (laughs) They're going to hire they, Jeff Saturday. He's the he's there tired you go exactly but no. And Antonio Pierce is a name, so maybe that's why um you know maybe that's True. uh that's the reason Davis can do this. But that's the biggest thing to take away from this Raiders team yesterday and all season is just that it's Aiden O'Connell's the problem sadly. Um I don't think anyone ever expected him to be anything but they need to go into next season whether it be free agency, trade, draft, they need a quarterback cuz Aidan O'Connell's not it. It's
0: time for the Jamarcus Russell comeback. We've been waiting for it, and now is his time. We have a spot for him. We have the opportunity. Let's get him in there. He's ready, Pat. I remember there were so many, like, vignettes and, like, hype videos about his potential comeback, and then it just didn't fucking happen, which is just very funny to me. But yes, the Raiders taking down the Chiefs, making the Chiefs—this is—I— I mean this it's a hilarious POV from Raiders fans but like this is the Chiefs rock bottom as far as this incarnation of oh, yeah. losing losing to the Raiders has made the Chiefs face that
1: reality. That is that was Mahomes' first loss against an AFC opponent in November or later in his career. Wow. That's insane. 19 and 0. He was 19 and 0 in in division games in November or later. That's ridiculous. That I great- hope they um I hope they took the tour bu- the 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 team bus around the stadium like they did a few years ago under John Gruden's guidance and then got the doors blown off a few weeks yep. later. I hope they did that again. Um uh and uh just um I believe, you know, as a small podcast, you know, we're able to kind of see the comments. A few weeks ago someone said my anti-Chiefs bias was showing, which one like I don't really care about ah. the Chiefs, but um El Bozo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah that is a, a hell of a loss at home to the Raiders here they are still the a significantly approach. more successful franchise than the Raiders will ever be
0: well yeah I mean we knew that but tuck rule whatever um the Chiefs now at do you know who the Chiefs would be set up to face if the playoffs started today
1: so are they what are they the four or the five seed or the Chief, three the or the Chiefs, four seed excuse me the Chiefs
0: are currently the three.
1: Oh, is it Buffalo it's Buffalo. It oh, would be Chiefs boy, Bills
0: in Kansas City, and as things stand, the Bills may win that game forty-five to seven. Like this, these teams could a hell not be of a, going hell more of a motivational ways.
1: speaker lined up for them here. This is gonna, uh, this is <sighs> no. gonna make some. <laughs> yeah, that oh, no. would be because I mean, the Bills control their own destiny, and things have actually worked out in their favor a little bit more since then. Now that they've gotten the game up on teams like Indianapolis and Houston, but Mm. they are certainly going to make the playoffs and Sean McDermott, all jokes aside has saved his job, whether he should or not, you know, whether they should move on regardless, but you'd think it'd be hard for them to move on from him after the way they've rallied uh, at at the end of the year. And we'll see, you know, they're still a really talented roster. Uh, Maybe Ken Dorsey was just the problem.
0: We all were like, Oh, Ken
1: Dorsey's getting scapegoated. And then granted James Mm -hmm. Cook, vanished. Uh he said bye-bye <laughs> he to uh yeah. His, uh his, what's the meme where the dude's just like and then just disappears. The, the, the that was James piece, Cook. Peace sign and disappears. That was, just, yeah. that was James Cook this last week, but they still won the game, so I don't think they give a shit how they won it.
0: No, certainly not. James Cook said I I'm a head out, but it didn't matter. Yeah, Bills last 5 games, uh look, since that since their loss to the Broncos 24 to 22, they beat the hell out of the Jets 32 to 6, lost to the Eagles in Philly by 3 points. So whatever, beat the Chiefs, beat the Cowboys, beat the Chargers. So the Bills are certainly trending the right way, and that would be a hell of a... I, I wish I wish the playoff matchups were locked in right now because there are so many great storyline matchups going on. There's between that and then you've got Rams-Lions out in the NFC, yeah. which I, I would kill for that matchup. That I'm praying be, that, that be... stays
1: locked in. Uh, such great here's ratings matchups here. Who wins the AFC South? Because the Jaguars are scuffling yeah. with Trevor Lawrence. And now it seems very likely they're gonna be without Trevor Lawrence, possibly for the rest of the way. You're right. Yeah. And here's and the thing, but like the, the way Jackson's Cleveland is. Playing. Back. Say things hold and they do win the division, and then either Cleveland or Buffalo is the five seed. Good night. Like you're you're gonna lose you're gonna lose a home game. Let, let, let's see. Obviously the Colts play. Yeah. <clears throat> Colts play the Raiders. I'm we'll pull, uh, pulling up these matchups The here. Colts the play the Raiders
0: and then the Texans. So the, there's, there's Colts-Texans okay. division matchup week and, 18, which could be massive.
1: This would be the thing that would save the Jags here is that they are home against the Panthers and at the Titans. So that may be their saving grace here is that the, their last two games are still, even with C.J. Bethard, you'd still think they've got to win those games with what they've got, but
0: I, really I, trending
1: downwards – out of anyone in the league, I don't think anybody is free falling the way the Jags do. And I, I do not like their longevity in the playoffs after, you know, thinking, you know, we, I think a lot of people were thinking at the beginning of the year that this was a contender to possibly, you know, win the AFC, but now, uh, no.
0: Yeah. I mean, Pat, the Panthers are fighting too. Like if they play a Trevor Lawrence list Jags team, I don't think that's an automatic win for the Jags. It's true. Cause they them.
1: don't have their draft pick. So, you know, they've got everything to play for
0: right the Panthers just lost to the Packers by the skin of their teeth 33 to 30 after coming off of their second win of the season 9-7 over the Falcons I think that game is very winnable for Carolina against the Jags and so this this division as much as we joke about the NFC South I mean the AFC South isn't bad but it's just as congested as the as the NFC South has been for most of the year uh I would I would love to see the CJ Stroud Texans end up making it in as division champs after all of that all that has happened this season so that would be uh a, a hell of a way to shift things up but pat one team that will not be making the playoffs that i do want to talk about here is my new england patriots now to silence obviously your las vegas raiders had a hell of a headline this week beating the kansas city chiefs my patriots had a hell of a headline as well uh severely damaging the broncos playoff hopes but also severely damaging our own draft pick um i've i'm trying to come to terms with it right pat because the NFL draft ultimately is very much a crapshoot. We don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Like you can look at the top QBs in this draft, which as of right now are Caleb Williams and Drake may and say, yes, those two are wildly above every other prospect. And then you think back to other drafts where we thought that was the case. Trevor Lawrence has not been the generational player that he was supposed to be at the top no. of his draft class could Bill still get the there, best. but
1: it's been several years now. Build is the best prospect done. since, um, since Andrew Locke and, uh, he has certainly not lived up to expectations. I'm still not no. ready to close the book on that, but still, no, like, me neither. with what he was at that point, I mean, like, Joe Burrow has been miles and miles better of a first overall pick than Trevor Lawrence is. And, yeah, I, I mean, I hear some people are, like, you know, skeptic uh, skeptics on Caleb Williams, which I'm just like, ugh, like, uh, you, you think the Bears should not take Caleb Williams at one, assuming yeah. they have it, like, I don't know about that one. Yeah, it, it,
0: I've tried to, I, I think I wanted us to have a top two pick more for the novelty of like, okay, I'm a Patriots fan. I never thought we'd be at this point ever. And it'll just be cool to be like at the very top of the draft conjecture and have top two pick. I think at the end of the day, being at number four is not necessarily a huge deal. Um, You know, just mentioned how Trevor has not been the generational prospect we wanted him to be. Burrow has. And then you go down and you see the guys who were considered to be like the top, quarterback in their in their class baker mayfield and sam darnold getting picked ahead of josh allen and lamar jackson how'd that go bryce young getting picked picked ahead of cj stroud and anthony richardson so far how's that going uh so many examples you can look at here and it's just another reminder that the draft is a crapshoot i I don't I wasn't necessarily attached to any specific quarterback because I haven't looked at, into any of their tape or anything like yeah. that to see who I would really prefer. So I all I'm rooting for at this point is a good draft, whatever that means. A hard reset for the Patriots, and uh, to me, the worst case scenario here is honestly that Bailey Zappi plays out of his mind for the next two weeks, and the Patriots think that they don't need a quarterback or they don't spend a uh, top two round pick on a quarterback if we wait for like round four or five to take a quarterback and we just we try to stockpile weapons and we draft like joe alt at tackle and you know great tackle. trust me we need linemen i understand but like if we try to just build this offense around zappy i don't think that's the move this no. seems to be no, no fairly way. this seems to be a fairly loaded quarterback class at least as much as you can get um, and so that, that's all I want. It, it's fine that we don't get Drake May or Caleb Williams, if that's what it comes down to. But I just, I just want the hard reset. Bailey Zappi, please either, either be truly great or, or be asked for these next two weeks because I do not want you to bamboozle us into thinking that you can be the guy and that we try to build around you and end up in 6 and 11 purgatory for the rest of forever. So that's that's where I'm at. I famously had my, my Williams or May jersey that I was wearing at the Broncos game. And, uh, of course, I ended up jinxing us out of drafting either of those players. But that's just my luck. So... All hope is not lost for me as a Patriots fan. That's just kind of the state of the union here. We, uh, I'm, I'm looking very much forward to the draft here in a few months after these exciting playoffs play out, which I am still excited for, even though my team will not be in it. Pat, let's finish things up with our viewer questions. Let me hit our only sound effect. Of we show. just
1: got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from.
0: Okay, our first question. Brees Hall or Mostert in the championship game? We've got a championship to help somebody win and two very solid AFC East running back options to play with. Pat, who are you going with?
1: I think I'm going Raheem Mostert here just because we have seen that Brees Hall's floor is hell. is the center (laughs) of the earth. And in the championship game, you absolutely cannot have that. But... The Dolphins are a different team on the road against a good team like Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily trust that. But then, alternatively, the, the Jets are at Cleveland. So it's not like they've kind of got some darling yeah. matchup themselves. And we've seen that Jets offense crater. You think that Miami's going to have to be high-flying in order to um, keep up. And that's still a really good offense. Who You're going to find at the one-yard line probably still a fair amount. And Raheem Mostert is getting every single one of those carries. Yeah. You know, I I think Hall is less touchdown dependent than Mostert. I just think that Mostert is more likely to score a touchdown than, say, Hall. But maybe if you're in like a two-week championship and you're down a fuck ton, Hall may be the play. But if we're talking Mm -hmm. most leagues have a one-week, one-shot championship here where you just need, you know, probably just a solid number from everybody to get you there, I would probably go Mostert, but it's so close. Like, what is this? Like, in a four man league here? Like, what? Like, what are, I wonder what the other options are here, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, Mostert was a later round pick, so I could see having these backs, but obviously you, I'm assuming you, you have two other running backs that you're already starting and that one of these guys is a flex if you're trying to figure out which one to go with, unless you have, I guess you could have three elite receivers that one of them's like, but nonetheless, I am going to go with Brees Hall. And this is not strictly a bias pick because I literally traded Mostert for Hall and have touted Hall as a league winner. Um, but Pat, what you say about Hall's floor, what we saw last week against Miami Yes, that was abysmal, but for the most part, we don't see that. His floor is still at least ten points in PPR, and yeah, you won't be thrilled if he only gets you ten in PPR. But Mostert's floor has been kind of similar to that. It's been a little bit higher over the last few weeks because of that. Just at Dolphins' offense keeps week, it afloat. Do
1: shit for me, yeah.
0: <clears throat> right, and you you go back since even I'll go all the way back to Week Seven against Philly, where that was right after he blew up against Carolina for thirty-four points. Since Week Seven, these have been his point totals, and I'm going to leave off the after the decimal point because I'll say too many numbers, but 6, 10, 14, 10, 21, 12, 23, 18, 12. So you've got a lot of, you know, just barely in the double-digit point totals there um, and not really much of a a stealing with how the Dolphins offense has been. That is fair. Brees Hall, meanwhile, has gone since week eight against the Giants. As, as bad as it feels like he's been, in PPR leagues, he's still ripping 10 most of the time. You've got 21, 10, 10, 18, 11, 10, 26, 2, what the fuck ever. I don't know where that came from. And then 43. So I would go with Brees. They're still both
1: great plays. And you just pick your poison. I, I, w- I will say I think Hall is far more likely to break off like a 50 yard touchdown run than Raheem Moster. Sure. But I think just Raheem Mostert is more likely to be hand fed points rather yeah. than Hall. But again, I, I think you'll probably be happy with either one, but you never know. Shit comes down to less than a point sometimes. So.
0: Yeah. I hope that whoever you choose, it does not cost you your matchup. And if it does uh, yell, don't yell at whoever you ended up agreeing with. Cause I, I think a lot of the time, a lot of podcasts will give kind of a, a uh, group opinion to like give you somebody that you want to start, and we're just over here to co-hosts completely different choices. so uh pick one of us that you like more and go with that guy. Thanks, okay, next question. So do I bench Diggs in the finals of my league? I've had Zay on my bench now this has been a very contentious topic. We talked a little bit about it earlier. Stefan Diggs has been brutal. Pat, would you even remotely consider benching Stefan Diggs?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, okay. I mean he has been that bad, and you know, uh, you know, again, this is a case here where not just bad for dig standards, he hasn't been very, you know, he hasn't been very, very good. Regardless, let's let's see this Let me pull some sh- some shit up here before I start talking out of my ass. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, the digs numbers have been highly highly unimpressive to this point. Yeah, honestly since, like I'm glad I didn't make 10. the
1: playoffs in our league because Diggs would have just been letting me down left and right here and I would not have been very happy with it, but Yeah. Yeah, ooh boy. Yeah, these past few weeks, yeah, 29, 48, 24. His last these are yards, game not Philly fantasy game, points, and even before to be clear. that, 27, 34. This is all yardage here like That's not great from Stefon Diggs especially in such a pass pass offense. Like, Buffalo was, except that, you know, the Kansas City game or whatever game. These have, are like um, mediocre tight game, end me. yardage
0: totals. These are like Durham Smythe yardage totals. It, it, exactly, to the and
1: he has not been a sure enough thing for touchdowns, especially with court jesters like Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox just waiting to catch a touchdown. <laughs> um, now, that said, like, is Zay Flowers a slam dunk start? no. But I mean, he had a huge game this past week, at least in terms of usage. I mean, this is an offense, you know, without Mark Andrews. But they didn't have Odell this past week, though, didn't they?
0: Um, I don't, I don't recall. You may did, be correct uh, I'm pulling there. Pulling this
1: up now too. I was so busy spending time with my beloved family, aka just not existing.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, Odell played this week. Uh, yeah. Yeah, two catch, two catches for 13 yards on three targets. He was but, just not very visible. But yeah, invisible. but for
1: Flowers to get 13 of 34 targets is significant, is mm. is really significant. And this guy's been solid. Like he had a down week the week before that, I believe, which probably knocked people, including me, out of a um out of it. But yeah, but he, another thing too, three touchdowns in the last four weeks for Flowers. So it's not you're not just completely banking on volume there. So. I don't know if I'm quite ready to say, like, yes, hit hit that button and start Flowers over Diggs, but I think it is very justified if you do so.
0: I agree. What's making this harder for me, too, is the matchup, because Diggs is facing the Patriots, and my initial instinct when I saw this question was... Yes, you should start digs because our secondary Pat, we literally have a player in our secondary right now that when I saw his name last week, I was like, who in the ever loving fuck are you? Alex Austin is playing a majority of snaps in our secondary. That's I believe alongside I yeah, I believe alongside Miles Bryant. Those are like our two primary corners. And I'm like, okay, that's got to be exploitable, right? Well, then you pull up what Patriots defense has allowed to receivers since week 12. And these point totals are, they sound deceptively high because it's the cumulative total of the entire receiving core, but it's 36, 25, 25, 36, 30. You go back earlier in the year, you've got the Patriots giving up. They gave up 47 to the Cowboys. They gave up 62 to the Dolphins, 49 to the Commanders. So it's like this defense is almost hitting their stride a little bit. And maybe it's just this combination of dudes. Like, I don't want to complete. Maybe Alex Austin is a diamond in the rough. Bill finds those all the time. So this defense is playing fairly well against the pass. Diggs has not been as involved in the pass game as you want him to be. I think, gun to my head, I'm still going Stephon Diggs, just because Zay so. Flowers is the alternative. And Zay Flowers just last week had a game against the Jags, one catch for seven yards. Exactly, like that he is a much more boom bust player. Um, even though Diggs has been busting all over well, the place. Well, that's what I
1: mean. Like Diggs is Diggs just hasn't boomed at all.
0: Yeah, I know. It, you're you're it's like that definition of insanity thing, right? Like you start him and he goes for another game, six catches for thirty five yards, you're like, Oh but if oh, I should have saw that coming.
1: If there was a better alternative, I would say for sure Diggs is again, like we kinda talked about, like, with guys like Austin Eckler last week, like these guys are no longer lineup locks. And I think yeah. Stefan Diggs is there, but that said, like, I don't think Flowers is the slam dunk uh replacement. No. But I, I think it's just, like I said, I think it's justified to do it, but
0: yes i think my conclusion here is benching digs is justified i think whoever sent this question in likely has other options alongside zay flowers maybe think about starting one of those guys whoever that may be or if there's somebody out on waivers that's like a hot pickup that's just gone unadded you could go with them uh flowers is not a guy that completely moves the needle for me but is benching digs crazy in concept no final question thoughts on ty chandler after this week Ty Chandler is him, and I will continue to victory lap this forever. I don't care that he had a bad game this week. So Ty Chandler's stat line, eight carries for 17 yards and a touchdown. But
1: he had the touchdown,
0: and you can't take that away from him. And, Let me pull up what the the, the Vikings he themselves eight were
1: just. carries to Alexander Madison's two. He is right. still the clear number one back in that offense. And what, they're Green Bay this week, right? I think?
0: Uh, yes, yes, Green Bay.
1: Okay, yeah, that's not like some kind of shut down matchup here, Unle- unless you've got like a really you know unless you've got a better option. Obviously, I think you can roll with Ty Chandler. Yeah, you know, we just saw yeah. two weeks ago against Cincinnati where he looked great. He looked fantastic, and I don't see any reason why he can't bounce back. Especially we talked about maybe Jaron Hall if he starts could inject some life, or they may just have a better game. You know, Nick Mullins just might play a little better there, but. Yeah, I'm I'm not completely out on it after after one down week. I get it's the championship and you need it, but the volume is there and you know, you've just gotta hope that the production comes with it at that point.
0: I think it comes down to it being this simple, and I didn't even realize this was the case until right now. The Lions are the number one uh, fantasy defense against opposing running backs, and that is who the Vikings faced this past week. So there you have it. shit happens. I mean, look, and Nick were... Mullins threw for 411 yards, so yeah. the pass game is what they were leaning on as uh, they tried to come back in that game. So is what it is. Ty Chandler is still, to me, a set and forget running back in most leagues even with alexander madison back healthy i think he is a good player and i think he is certainly due for a bounce back this week pat yeah that'll do it for us got anything left for the people before we sign off
1: no guys um guys and gals whoever's in a championship game good luck well hopefully we'll be uh hearing from some champions and nothing this is our last off the bench of 2023 that's true the, the final, that is very true final we've gone what like eight eight months now doing this guys thank you for uh For tuning in, whether you're tuning in live on YouTube or after the fact or on any podcast platform, uh, you know, Spotify, Apple, whatever. um, But uh, (laughs) thank you guys. This has been this has been a lot of fun and um, we're going to have even more fun in 2024 and we hope you stick around with us. We sure are. You guys just wait for the first full off season of Brandon Pat.
0: It is going to be uh, something. I don't know what that something is, but it's going to be something, that's for sure. But yes, for 2023, this will be our final show. So thank you guys for watching. For Pat Gustafson, I'm Brandon Carney. We'll see you guys in 2024. See you next year.